You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hey everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix on 2.5 FM, or if you're listening to us on the radio uh, elsewhere, I don't know how you're doing that, let me know. But if you're listening to us on the internet, of course, we're on the True Penny channel, uh, nerdtoknowmedia.com. And our Patreon as well, which which is no longer a joke. Uh, <laughs> check it out on Air to No Media or the Wrestling Rewind as well. There are links to there. Um, today we're going to look at Raw uh, on our timeline. We're also going to look at Heat because Heat has become um, actually very important, uh, which is really, really funny. So um, the first like two years of Heat turns out to be like the most important show and the the... What what's a, the Rosetta Stone of what's going on? I think before <laughs> SmackDown, I think it'll be a bit more interesting when SmackDown's on and they're like a oh, heat. Okay, we'll do that at some other point. But uh, yeah, folks, on our Patreon, we are actually gonna like cut the the heat stuff, and that's gonna be its own kind of show. Uh, we're gonna continue that on even when we are doing our timeline. But um, we're two weeks away from WrestleMania 1999, WrestleMania 15, which is pretty cool, and it's interesting, uh, Martin as well. Um, it was 23 years from uh, No Way Out where Cactus Jack was retired by Triple H. And what's interesting about that is uh, Gary, one of the old hosts of uh, the Rewind, of not the Rewind, of the International Desk, uh, he actually said, you know, it should have headlined WrestleMania. And it, it's true. It, that's one of those matches should have headlined WrestleMania. And what's interesting is it's like the great build we've had towards WrestleMania 15 and the done of that show, which it actually is, and we'll see it, they really should have used anything else from the first two pay-per-views at WrestleMania. They repeated the same mistake twice in the space of a year, which is wild. Oh, yeah. But, but like, they had this thing constantly with uh, Mick Foley and whatever gaze he was in, where they always, for whatever reason, they would never just go full tilt behind him like the fans wanted. He yeah. would main event maybe the Rumble, say, or, you know, we'd win the title, but it would be on Raw and he'd lose it a week later or whatever. Whereas all the fans wanted to see was Mick getting that moment on the big stage. But, like, you know, that's a minor quibble though in what was a pretty amazing career. So, guys, my name is Dara O'Connor. Of course, you can follow me at Twitter, at DaraWV. And you heard him, you love him. His name is up there in the one and all category with MMA has a better record than CM Punk. CM Punk still fears him. It's Mr. Martin Hardy. How are you? Everything's Martin. Ah, grand. Uh, we were chatting just before we come on. Um, uh, we dose of the we dose of the COVID. So ah, the Rona came back. The Rona got me again, but so Punk's safe for this week. But it turns out that I have a 
I might have something else in common with Punk that I might be beating him out on as well. So it turns out he's a bit of a a bit of an artist. He likes uh, painting and drawing and stuff like that. Yes. And I got uh, I was contacted this week by an illustrator saying that one of the uh, poems I had written for a competition that they loved it and they would like to see if we could work together to turn it into a children's book. So I might have my first uh, book published before Punk as well. Well, no, he, he did write terrible comics. Oh, is, oh, he had comics out, did he? Yeah, he did. Oh. Like, he did some of the worst issues of the Hulk. Well, ever. well, do you know what? In and this really case, bad. in this case, I don't mind letting Punk have that win over me. I, I think <laughs> it would be uh, ungenerous of me to beat him every time. Right. You know, so, I'll I'll take the MMA side of things, and he can have the <laughs> he can have the comic book side of he, things. He can have the terrible comics. And look, guys, I'm not joking. Read those issues of Hulk. <laughs> they are absolute garbage here, and that's saying something because Marvel ha- haven't written a good book in years. So, um, yeah, well is, it, is it Hulk smashes his way into the arena, and then sits down in the middle of it and does a twenty minute. <laughs> No, promo. it's not even that. Nothing happens. <laughs> Literally nothing happens in the book. So it's like, this is pointless. I mean, his, his real life carry on is much more entertaining than anything he really... He should have just, all that little promo, he should have like had Hulk come out and cut a promo, eating some muffins on like the Avengers. Yeah. That Thor, Thor <laughs> thinks he doesn't need my advice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that one's great. Hulk not know what he did to have an empty headed <laughs> <laughs> like Captain America say to him. See, I mean, there you go. It writes itself. That's folk... me c- censoring the quote because we're we're pre uh, <laughs> pre the war zone. Pre the yeah, war zone. <laughs> we're pre war zone. We're pre podcast. So yeah, guys. Well, um, we are going to um, obviously cover heat and raw while it's relevant and then once he kind of stops become relevant we'll we'll do it on on the patreon only show but uh that is on the feed we do appreciate any support as well that you guys can throw up on that because it's you know it gives it lets us know what's going on you know uh again thank you to true penny channel the feed is finally up today which is great i mean i dropped the ball on that horrendously there's something like 11 shows that just <laughs> we're done and now they're all up on our feed as well on there to know media so Loads of content. I mean, you could literally sit there, Martin, for an entire day and listen to us. I mean, I did. I listened, like, last week before the show. I edited all those shows. And then when we were talking, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm talking to Martin for hours. Because kind of was. Um, so, I mean, if anyone well, else wants to go on. definitely empathize with you. I have to listen to myself all day. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. So. <laughs> ah, no, Martin. Don't be like that. <laughs> um, anyway, folks. Yeah, so we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about Heat from March. 14th, 1999. Now, again, I'm blown away by this because it, it's so weird to know what Heat becomes, but it's like the main show now in a lot of ways. It's like a tight 43 minutes with this red hot, obviously raw crowd. And um, they, they do an interesting thing. With, yeah, they do an interesting pyro thing. pyro and everything. With heat every week, that they seem to take the whole show is is based around one main angle. 
So yeah. you'll have your your main story, and then there'll be a few matches will happen in and around it. Um, so it's 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 really it's really clever what they've done with it. And until um, okay, at this stage, I think Rampage is is kind of done. I think the I I don't actually think Rampage is a bad show, but the time slot Friday at ten p.m. just doesn't work. Sure, what would you be doing at Friday at ten p.m.? Uh, <laughs> um, so I think Rampage is done a bit, but whatever comes next, you know, maybe if the AEW goes through these talks and they come out with something the other side of Rampage, I think Heat is a good model for whatever it is. You go in and you do your dynamite taping and none of the dark matches or dark tapings or whatever else, you have a really hot one-hour show that either leads directly into or leads directly from your uh, your main show. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, you know, I think that kind of stuff is... It's important because, like, as I said, what he becomes, it's, it's properly, like, just throwaway. Like, oh, yeah. Tr- completely throwaway. Like, it, it doesn't affect anything. It's not even, like, Shotgun Saturday Night where at least they show clips from Raw. They didn't even do that. This show start for for example, this show starts off with Vince McMahon and Paul White having a discussion that carries on directly to WrestleMania. It's it's still about Mick being the special referee. And it actually sets up the match that they're gonna have at WrestleMania. So they make a WrestleMania match in storyline, in a promo, in the middle of the ring to kick off heat. So if you don't watch Heat, what happens is they, they do a replay on Raw, but it's actually very hard to watch it that way because it's very, actually very confusing you know yeah I mean, it, it, it it genuinely is very very confusing so you i i have to hand it to vince russo and the team at who are writing at, the, at this point they make both shows literally can't miss television because they tie into each other so well yeah this is um even if and i wasn't hugely impressed this week with maybe the matches, but even oh, if yeah. the matches aren't great, or even if it's just not a particularly good Raw, it's it's excellent kind of episodic, weekly episodic television, because yeah. you, yeah, you can't miss it, because the story is changing week to week. Like, yeah. we're, we're looking back at a lot of this stuff from our sort of current perspective on wrestling, where if you're two weeks out from a major pay-per-view, you'd expect to know more or less what the card is but we're coming into this thing and this thing is changing week to week you, you know we don't know you know like we still still up in the air like you say with the whole mankind um big show thing and yeah it's yeah they, they were very clever in the way they they structured the show almost like a soap opera so where even if it's not a great episode you still need to have seen it to to follow the story and it's interesting. It gives them a lot more time to breathe because, you know, Raw can be crazy. Raw can be absolutely wild and stuff just kind of happens. This show is cool because it's the Mankind show. Yeah. He literally just batters random people for like 40 <laughs> minutes. As they're in the ring, he hits, like, it's great. And it's a lot of character development that we haven't seen from Mankind. Obviously, you know, we saw the brutality and stuff like those, but the fact that he's actually annoyed, we don't normally see. Um... Mm-hmm. What's great about Mankind at this stage as well is because he is so good at playing the lovable goofball, Yeah, people forget 
you know what what his what his character actually is people forget the type of matches that he actually has so when he does unleash that it's almost twice as effective because you're so used to like you know the goofball with the sock exactly and it's funny because the sock had only recently been brought out so the sock had just got over and and the other thing was with this episode finally now we we I don't, unless I missed it, we don't hear where it actually comes from or how it started. But this is the first episode where they start referring to the big show. I missed that. Yeah, this is, I just picked up on it and I rewound it back. And they just, Vince just sort of casually drops it in there. And over the course of Heat and then Raw, you'll hear people talking about the big show, Paul White, Paul White, the big show, blah, blah. And it's, it's kind of like a, yeah, it's like a soft release for the name rather than him coming out going, you know, Paul White's a man and I'm a monster. You can call me the big show or something like that. I totally missed that. I, yeah, I, but this yeah. is it. This is March 14th, 1989. Well, well, look, the show starts off with Vince and Paul White coming out to be like, hey, you know, sick of what's going on with The Undertaker, blah, blah, blah. Man well, actually, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Dara. Just a wee thing I wanted to say. Go on. The show actually starts off with something we were talking about last week, which is a brilliant video package on the whole story of The Undertaker, the Ministry of Darkness, how he's, uh, you know, haunting Vince and stalking Stephanie and all that. And again, it's like we were talking last week. This story looks amazing. In video Actually, packages. you're spot on. It does. It looks it's, so good in video package. It's kind yeah. of corny and. Uh, I actually, th- I actually think this is the one that plays at WrestleMania. Yeah, this is br- so like the actual story when we're watching a week to week. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's a bit reaching a bit much. Sometimes it's corny and plodding and whatever. But man, when this thing is cut down to its bare bones and put to like a really cool ominous music track this looks amazing you know i used to have all the production music of wwe like all of it and it was just like man the music they had was great jim jones was it jim johnson yeah jim johnson was just on another level when it came to writing music everything just got you straight into it so yeah yeah. it's brilliant it's brilliant until you watch it week to week and you're like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's disappointing. Like I don't like saying that because the the video packages make it look amazing. Well, here's the thing: it might be te- like it's a different kind of terrible. I mean, when you're watching wrestling now, and you're like, "Oh, geez, that's terrible." It's because it's kind of bo- like you're never bored watching Raw. Like I just oh, actively no. like I sat I sat down during the week, um, and I actually I, I was good this week. I watched everything two or three days in advance rather than oh my god, you know, I, I can't believe than- it. At eight o'clock, going of crap. Horse and through this fella. Horse and through it. Um, and I was just like, you're just, you just want to watch it. You want to binge it, and I did. I just watched a bunch of wrestling, and I was like, wow, this is so good. And even though, yeah, it's kind of corny or plods along, it still feels like there's a point to it. You know, like you're going somewhere compared to nowadays when you're watching it and you're like. You know, in AEW, you might have an incredible match, but some of it might suck. 
that's the payoff. There isn't this overarching massive story. And WWE, you might you might get a huge storyline or story payoff, but it also might be completely ruined, as we saw with the Fiend. You know, they bring the Fiend back, and it takes him months to have a match, and then he has one of the worst matches of all time. It's like, I, th- I think you're right. I think they had hit on a rail during this era of WWF that hit on a rail sweet spot where even if something was a bit ridiculous or a bit corny or a bit, you know, crap, um, that somehow just added to the chaos yeah. of the whole show. Yeah. Like, because So even if these bits aren't great, the show as a whole is always, like you say, it's never boring and it's always an experience. That's No, that's the word. That is actually the word. It's an experience. They made wrestling an experience. And wrestling doesn't feel like an experience anymore. It feels like... I don't know what it feels like. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you're watching... When you're watching Raw... Actually, the Rumble and WrestleMania still have that kind of luster to it. And when you go see it live, it can still have that luster to it. But, you know, when you're watching Raw... Or even Heat, you know. When you're watching Heat from 1909, (laughs) which is a crazy sentence. You're like, damn, this isn't like anything else. This is this is a much must watch television. This is an experience. This is something that you're experiencing with millions of other people who are all experiencing it at the same time, and it's just unbelievable. And I don't know how they did it, but they did it, and it really can't be taken away from them. No, d- definitely. Here's one of the interesting things about the this episode of Heat. So I watched episode Heat. It zipped zipped along as it zipped does. along. Just, it's so it's such a tight forty three minutes. Like it really is. But at the end of it, I was like, God, you know, there was, what, three or four matches and they were pretty quick. There was different, like, roll-ups and then a DQ and then one match never actually started. started. <laughs> so I went back, I, I looked up, uh, the other way you can look up, like, the results of matches. So yeah. I looked up the, the actual results for March 14th, Heat 1999. <laughs> and if you take all the matches together and add up all the minutes... How many minutes of bell to bell wrestling do you think are on this show? Okay, I have it in front of me, but I'm actually... Oh. No, hold on, I don't, because I'm actually scrolling through the Nintendo store at the moment, so it's not too bad. Um, so I don't have it in front of me now. But what... Okay, three minutes. Three minutes. Oh, man. Am I close? One minute stop. and ten seconds. No, stop. 70 stop. seconds. 70 seconds of wrestling on this show. No way. Is that for real? That's honest to God. You can go and look it up. One okay. match. So the, uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but the road, uh, the New Age Outlaws match lasts 17 seconds. So I've just swapped back here. <laughs> I'm looking at prowrestling.fandom.com. Right. Test versus D'Lo Brown. DQ, 53 seconds. Yeah. Al Snow and Draws, no contest. <laughs> and then uh, Holly and Venus versus uh, Gunn and Road Dog. 17 seconds. The ah! dark, yeah. The dark, okay. The dark match apparently lasted a little bit longer, but what's the point in that? Yeah, we didn't even see it. And the no. dark match sounds great because it's it's like Austin and Mankind versus... Against Kane and The Rock. Oh my God. Why would you make that a dark match? Well, look, as we said, folks, right, this show was literally about Mankind going on a rampage. That's all this was. It wasn't a show, which is... Oh, yeah, I can't believe it was a minute. Like, oh, 70 seconds. 70 seconds. Oh, my God. 
that's got to be a record. That's so ridiculous. So, folks, when you're complaining about, oh, and the Adjidera wrestling was great. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the show was great. Wrestling was. That, that's 100% what it is. Yeah. I honestly God, think wrestling now is better than it has ever been. Yeah, because everyone can wrestle. But work rate there is, is, work rate is a thing. Yeah. Undeniably fascinating, enthralling, and entertaining about these ridiculous, just gunshots to the head of 43 minutes of nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, I'm never, like, yeah, look, you can be watching a five star classic with the flips and the spins and the dips, and I'm like, I want to get out of here. With this, I'm like, I can't wait to watch more. And I don't know what it is. It's just so, I think it's just so engrossing that you're like, this is just crazy, crazy stuff. But it's so good. It's and this is, so, this on. is, sorry, I just wanted to, some of it isn't. <laughs> some of it isn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some but when it's good, it's is. great. So, but this is us. This is us watching this now, twenty odd years later, um, like on on the network, looking back at it, and and kind of knowing what what happens week to week, or even roughly knowing what the stories are. Like you can imagine, like the excitement around this. If you are watching this live in nineteen ninety nine at the time not knowing what's going to happen week to week like turn on heat turn on raw anything could happen like it's no wonder that this stuff was hitting four five six seven million viewers a week and you know what it's it's kind of cliche i think like what i'm going to say has been rehashed and over and over again you go on reddit and you see people talking about it and it's with this rose tinted glasses it's not wrestling that's what i've realized this show isn't wrestling Oh yeah, it isn't. It it really isn't. It's it, it is sports entertainment. <laughs> this is it. This is the the definition of sports entertainment. You know, but it's like sports entertainment with done incredibly well, done better than any. And people love it. And people are like, I love wrestling. It's like, do you? No, you you like sports entertainment. And look at me. Yeah. I fully prefer this to most wrestling. And I'm I'm not even going to be sorry about oh, it. Yeah, you know, sports sports entertainment didn't start off as a dirty word it became a dirty word because like the version of it you have now is just dreadful but like when this stuff first came out this was absolute fire nobody knew how to react to it you you couldn't help but love it you do we still can't react to it it's 23 years later and still (laughs) we're still blown away by it it's like and again folks if you're not watching this week to week one that's very weird you probably should because uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Go watch it, you know. But I think it's very hard to explain to somebody who hasn't actually seen it because it's so random and weird, but also isn't. Like, the case in point here is the Steve Blackman draws kendo stick match, right? That <laughs> yeah. wasn't a match, wasn't announced, happened in the middle of a segment, but is like super important for the next three or four weeks for some reason. And that's kind of the show. That's how all this, all this stuff works. It, at the time, they're just like, right, do it all, and we'll get it all in editing. You know who should have won it? Uh, what's, it what's it called in the States? The Emmys? You know who should have won an Emmy? The editor of Raw? Or the editor yeah. of those video packages? Because, man, it might have been car crash television, but 
out of the car crash segments, they produce absolute masterwork gold. Who, who doesn't love watching a good car crash? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's um, NASCAR, right? That's what people watch NASCAR. That's it, yeah. They got the whole half of the US uh, watching it. Yeah. Um, but these shows are very much like we almost do them a, a disservice by breaking them down match by match, segment by segment, segment by segment and talking about them because they are very much a vibe. Yeah. They're a feeling. They're yeah. an experience. They're yeah. a... <laughs> and I th- look, I think that's why everybody's there. Like all the crowd, that's why they bring the signs and they want to be on the show because they're having, it's like a rock concert. Oh, you know, and that's kind of, I, I know that sounds really lame and it no, that's really perfect. does. That's but, a perfect analogy. But that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, you're talking to your mate about Giger and like, oh man, it was great. They did this, this, this. And if you look at the set list of the gig, you're like, okay, they played some songs, you know? And then that's kind of what it's like here. It's just such a, such a whole different thing, you know? Yeah, my dog just came in and she's looking at herself in the television. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, it's funny because she she like what she she'll watch TV as well. So yeah, what do you think about heat? Speechless. <laughs> Speechless. Just blown away. It was so good. She she can't even uh, find the words. But um, okay. So the first. So as you said, mankind goes on a psychotic psychotic break. Right. He just starts attacking people, and he go he cuts this great promo on on. On the and some that's something they don't do nowadays either, which they really should. He picks up the the headset and he cuts this massive yes. promo, and great. it's great because people at home know what's going on, and I think they did pipe it over to PA as well. Um, but that's something that should be done more because you know it, it fills that gaps between what's going on at home and what's going on on the show. Um, and then he, he so he goes over and uh, Test is walking out, and he just attacks Test <laughs> like out of nowhere, just. It just starts baiting him around the place. And I remember Tess is coming out to compete. So they, they they don't do that either where they have like clear defined breaks. Like the ad breaks in this happen, but they don't interrupt the flow of the show. So Mankind absolutely batters Test for a while and then um, walks away. <laughs> Tess then goes to the ring for his match. And, you know, uh, we use the term match very, very loosely, folks. Um, so Mankind gets cheered he's obviously you know this is going to set the tone of the night uh, Tilo is like no no you know, be good be good don't don't hit me uh, Test is nursing you know after getting punched in the face a couple of times he goes to the ring D'Lo Brown walks out massively over which is very surprising like everybody loves D'Lo Brown um, like I mean D'Lo's great but the fact he's so over is actually crazy because um, remember at, at this point he was just the European champion He's not here, but that was the, the highest he went. So he hasn't even won the IC belt yet. Um, he's out with Ivory. It's still weird that he wants to hang out with Ivory. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but he's with Ivory. Ivory's waving some purple thing around for a little while. The crowd is super into D'Lo. Again, like, folks, very surprised. Uh, there are some great signs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try read some of them because uh, when it, they're just great. Again, we are on before uh, we're on the radio. So... We're we're on Phoenix at the moment, are we? Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. So. Sorry, folks, you, you're you're not going to hear the best ones. You need to 
wait till the end of the show and maybe join us on uh, over on Nerd to Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might hear some of the uh, some of the saltier ones. Save the ones you have, Marin, for when we're <laughs> when we're off the radio. But some of these are good. They're like um, there's there's okay. So there is a a um, I, I'm not going to mention this one because, but I will say later there is like a theme that I'm noticing with these signs. Oh, there's a few themes actually. One is like a sign and an arrow pointing to the person, and it's never anything really good. It's just something weird or just <laughs> bizarre, right? Um, and I will talk about what that one is later on. But I have noticed that that's a sign. There's a random Hewler Packard sign. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. And then there's a Linda McMahon sign, which is also weird. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So they're the ones. Uh, Someone sat at home, excited. Oh, I got a ticket for Raw and made themselves a Linda McMahon sign. Yep. So X-Pac randomly comes out wearing a Road Dog t-shirt, which for some reason just threw me. For a loop, I was like, "Why is he wearing a road dog shirt?" But he is. Um, it, it's funny. It's it's kind of the opposite of what you were. So you made a really good analogy area analogy earlier, where you said like these shows are almost like a, a like metal concerts or rock concerts. Like the yeah. crowd is almost part of them. Yeah, and it's such a weird thing in wrestling. You always wear your own shirt. Yeah. Where I remember reading like books by Metallica and stuff, and they were saying that. In music, you you would like it would you would cringe to death if you were found wearing your own shirt, if you were seen wearing your own band shirt. You only ever wear other band shirts. You never wear your own. So yeah, that's still a thing, kind of. And I'm like, no, if the merch is cool, it's cool. Like I don't mind wearing my band T-shirt. Where it becomes an issue is if you're on stage, and more than one person is wearing the shirt, then it's cringe. Looks like a uniform, yeah. yeah Except weird. your your whole thing is that you have multiple bands, so you could be wearing your horrendous t-shirt and someone go, oh, look at you wearing your own t-shirt, and you go, actually, I'm aborted Earth, Dara. That's so. what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my gimmick. Thanks. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, like, it's funny. that That is, that's a very good observation, because like, you remember when Punk came out wearing the Stone Coast Steve Austin shirt? Yeah. Like, that it's, was it's, weird. It's so weird to see a wrestler wearing a different wrestler shirt. Yeah, yeah. It just I know again. I don't really know why because you're like, of course they're probably they're no, not they're probably are mates. In this case, they genuinely are mates. So you're like, yeah. Well, I suppose they're in DX, like yeah, but yeah. But so, even at that, like if a uh, say if um, Claudio Castagnoli came out wearing uh, John Moxley t-shirt even though they're both in the bcc you'd be like oh that's weird that would be weird yeah <laughs> anyway just a wee observation so our, our little discussion there has lasted longer than the match because uh, i timed it <laughs> it has it lasted longer than all the matches it actually yeah it has and this was the longest match of the night so there's a bit of falling around for a little while. X Pac is screaming complete nonsense into the into the uh, microphone and commentary. He literally says nothing. It's complete nonsense. Um, and yeah, that, that's you know, Shane has been on commentary, so Shane's a better commentator. He's a bloody and he's a an ex, an excited chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like X Pac is actually worse on this. 
Um, so what happens then is Test grabs the belt, wallops D'Lo Brown with it, and uh, X-Pac breaks up. So X-Pac um, basically cost uh, D'Lo the match. So Test actually wins as a result of this qualification. But what is pretty cool is X-Pac does a, a class like uh, reverse tourniquet kick to knock. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, have that, I have that same note dead here. Oh, it's great, yeah. isn't it? It's actually it's, like wonderful. It's a wonderful kick. It's amazing. And it actually looks like maybe he botches in the right word, but maybe he hits it a bit too good because it looks like he does yeah. get yeah, test you know, you know how hard, the face with the you heel. Know, yeah, you know how hard it is to actually pull a kick when you throw it? Very. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very. I mean, I, I can't do it. Like, when I throw that kick, it's, it's gone. It's, cause it's like, so yeah, I mean, I don't da, know. Da, Dara's leg is like the Gaya Bulga. The Gaya Bulga was a Cullen spear. And once he'd thrown it, it wouldn't actually hit the ground until it had tasted blood. So <laughs> Dara's leg is like the Gaya Bulga. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think you learn it at second or third, Dan, where you actually learn to stop your foot because it's that control that you have. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what looks like it happened. I mean, Xbox kicks are have always been great. But I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. He obviously <laughs> did, like he, he stopped. He did. He stopped at like four, first degree or something where he's like, ah, oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> Come here. You said something uh, a couple of minutes ago where you're like, uh, so Xbox says some stuff. I've no idea what it is. It's just yeah. gibberish. Yeah. Um, Xbox song. Do you know yes. the start? Do you know what he's what's being said at the start of that? Xbox. That's it. I always thought that's what it was. Is it not? No. And what it's like it? one of those, have you ever seen that uh, meme where a thing says either brainstorm or green needle? Yes. But it just sounds like whichever one you're reading. You're reading at the time. Yeah, I have yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah. I, my whole life, I thought he was saying, Xbox. Is he at not saying it? What's he saying? He's saying, make some noise. No, he's not. Mental. No, Go, he's not. I, whatever I refuse. You're, I refuse to believe that. Whatever it's, uh, it's like an unintentional one of those brain teaser tricks. Whatever you're doing, listeners, pause. Go and look up Xbox music. Hold on, stop. At we'll that stop. bit, he's going. Hold on. Xbox. Hold on. <laughs> Are you doing it? <laughs> I'm sure this is making for great radio, but hold on. <laughs> Make some noise! Xbox. Thank you for tell us what to do. Yeah. Tell us what to win. <laughs> Your mind, listeners, picture no, frantically no, googling. No, I refuse to believe that. No. Did you listen to it? Yeah, I just listened to it. No. Isn't it mental? No. It. It. it no. It says Xbox. Has to. Twenty Has to. odd years. I. I thought the exact same thing. No. It's. It's going. Make some noise. Doesn't even sound like that. It doesn't sound anything like it. And but see, <laughs> once you hear that it's make some noise, and then you listen to it. It's like your life changes. That's all you can hear now. But now you're like, like, do I know what any words mean? Are people talking to me all the time? And I think they're saying something. Oh my God, I just heard it. Hold on. I just heard it. It does say make some noise. Isn't that mental? I take it back. I take it back. But then they say X-Pac after it. They, yeah, then they do afterwards. But I'm the same oh, as you. Wow. I, for 20 odd years, thought that that started off by him going... Xbox. Yeah, folks, this is not a bit. No, nope. we didn't plan this. <laughs> um, we'll do our serious voice like they do when stuff we, happens in WWE. We, 
you wouldn't give us the credit of planning anything. <laughs> oh well, that's I. I don't know what to say. That's what you call some. That's some prime Patreon content, folks. Let us know. Did you think it was? I thought for twenty three years, I thought it, he was saying X Pac. Which made way more sense to make some noise. But then again, he would randomly scream, make some noise in the ring. Well, I tell you what, folks, for everyone out there who thought that he was saying X-Pac or who didn't believe that he was saying make some noise, drop us one euro (laughs) in the Patreon. You know what we're going to do? We're going to set up an (laughs) X-Pac tier. That's what we're going to do. No, literally, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be one euro. (laughs) (laughs) And if, if every wrestling fan who thought he was saying X-Pac drops us one euro, we will be millionaires by the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I would actually legitimately love to know if we're the (laughs) only two people that thought that because never would I have thought make some noise. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's... And and it's like you were saying, I always thought it was X-Pac because it actually kind of sounds like he's saying, X-Pac! Yeah. Yeah, he said yeah. something, but then when you listen to his promos or when you listen to him shouting, he kind of does talk like that. He does like slur and garble his words, and and he does say make some noise an awful lot. Well, there you go. That's he's listening, folks. This is what it sounds like when a mind is blown. Jeez. <laughs> oh, anyway, so that that match inverted commas ends, <laughs> and we have. Uh, Xbox doing a little celebration to the to the music that we 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 spent actually six times the amount of that match discussing. <laughs> uh, then there's Mick Foley with 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 one of the old school blue chairs, which actually nice. kind of disappears after this. You don't really see them after like two thousand, and um, it, it cuts to Vince and Big Show. Big Show going, "Oh, I want to go out and batter him," and it's like, "No, no, no, don't, don't, don't." And then we have a return uh, of the Coast Guard recruitment video. <laughs> what's it? You don't call it. What's it? The they have some name for. It. I can't remember the name. Of it. Yeah, rescue re- of the recruitment. week. Oh no, yeah, yeah. They, they, don't, the they, they don't openly call it recruitment, but it is recruitment. Um, and it's it, it's a clip it's from last week. It's one set of bouncing bosoms short of just being like being in the Coast Guard is basically Baywatch. <laughs> And it's a random clip from last last week's heat, where uh, it's The Rock and Paul White in the ring, and Austin comes out and uh, stunners the, the Rock, and that's that's it. See these like because uh, th- this happens on Raw as well, where they'll do like Slam of the Week and stuff like that. I don't think because it, it's never it's rarely the best actual Slam. I, I don't even think they actually look up a slam of the week. I think they pick just a completely random like, segment. Quick, we're about to go live with this in a second. Yeah, just pick slam of the week. I'll <laughs> uh, just go to last week's raw and do uh, one hour and twelve minutes. Whatever happens at that point at that of point, raw, that slam of the week. They're like, oh wait a second, that's that's the Jerry Lawler in the Playboy Mansion segment. Yeah, yeah, slam of the week, slam of the slam week. Slam of the week. Um, so Al Snow comes out. And the crowd loves him. Uh, for some reason, Shane is there. Uh, Kevin, he's hiding behind Kevin Kelly. Mankind comes out with a chair, absolutely batters Al Snow, like kills him with the chair. And Kevin Kelly's like, "They're friends. What is this all about?" And yeah, that's that was my that was my thoughts too. But again, so, 
Al Snow's the man who had a ma- who had a fantastic hardcore match with himself. So, I mean, so Al, uh, I no, I can't be sure because he doesn't specify in his book. But I think this is the segment that Mick Foley talks about in his book. So. Oh, Martin. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, we asked you for a second. Oh, sorry. So, um, yeah. So Mick Foley talks about this incident in his book. Now, I don't know if this is it, but it looks a lot like it. So apparently, he hits Al Snow with the chair so hard that Al is actually genuinely knocked loopy. So oh, he wow. he goes down and then he gets up straight away, and Mick hits him again because he's like, like, what are you trying to out hardcore the hardcore legend? Um, and it turned out that it wasn't that he wasn't selling it. He was just knocked loopy. And apparently on, we'll find out now next week if it happens or not, because apparently on the next week's show, Mick Foley comes out and does this rib that Al Snow didn't know about, where he says, uh, oh, hey, Al, I hear you got a sponsorship with Lazy Boy, which is weird because you don't normally sell chairs. <laughs> Pearl Al didn't even know it was going to happen. Oh, that's brilliant. But I I felt bad for Al Snow in this because he takes, like, not unprotected chair shot. But then again, it would make sense if he did get loopy in this. Yeah, because he's, he looks out of it. But then again, that's his gimmick anyway. (laughs) So it's very hard to actually tell if he's, (laughs) if he's concussed or not. Because I mean, like, hey, Dara, does that look weird today? Well, yeah. (laughs) it's weird every day it's Al Snow (laughs) so for no reason Draws comes out um, but it's explained that the match actually was supposed to be Al Snow and Draws and then Draws gets battered with the chair I I love that Mick like he like kind of like taps him with the chair to be like here turn around he turns around walks (laughs) straight into a chair shot it was a a hell of a shot oh man the chair is bent he hit him so hard with the chair (laughs) you know one of the old school chair shots that I'm I'm sad we don't see anymore because it looks cool, but happy we don't see anymore because of the brain damage. So it's like, you yeah. Know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still in two minds about them. I think, I think, a chair shot can still be used sparingly and really convey like, like it's an injury angle. Like it's not like Mick getting smacked. 12 times in the head at the yeah. Royal Rumble or whatever. It was, but, it was 28 times. Oh. Yeah, like we actually, there's a, there's a commentary, I'll put it back up on the feed, there's a commentary track that me and Gary did years ago where we actually watched the match and we counted, it was 28 times. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get all the stuff about CTE and head injuries and all that, but I, I think there's still a place for it nowadays, but just used really sparingly and it being like a really devastating, like. But you know what was super effective, and I actually hundred percent agree with you. But you know what was even more effective when he did the double arm DDT onto it. Oh, yeah, it looks cool. That looked really cool, and and actually, draws didn't get up for like a couple of minutes, so it actually did. Chairs need to be re reevaluated. I think um, they threw the baby out with the bathwater because of the whole Crispin Wall thing, but I think. Uh, which I mean, absolutely fair, but they probably could really reevaluate that, you know? Um, yeah. So what happens is Mick grabs the mic and he's like, listen, Vince, sort this out. Uh, Vince and Big Show, who just does not look happy to even kind of be there. 
Um, <laughs> he just looks like the whole time he's like, I should have stayed in WCW. I could be world champion now. Um, uh, he'll soon change his mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically it's a back and forth between them. And he's like, I'm going to come back and, and bat you. So they don't talk about the match again. <laughs> I, I didn't even see them being cleared. Val Venus comes out, uh, still the IC, <laughs> IC champion again. The biggest storyline here is uh, the Ryan Shamrock thing. Hardcore Holly follows him out. He's the hardcore champion. Doesn't even wait to be introduced. Actually walks out behind Val Venus. So they enter as a tag team and they've never once been a tag team. Val Venus. <laughs> it's I, such but, a weird way to do it. It's a weird way to do it. And none of this is, like, none of this is announced. No. Like, I'm watching this going, what in the name of God is happening? I think Hardcore got uh, got attacked on the way out to the ring because he's holding his head like he got mm. battered. So I actually, I'm, I'm actually looking through it here and I don't, I didn't see that happening, but apparently Hardcore got attacked on the way out or maybe he just hit his head on the way to the ring. We don't know. It's never discussed again. Uh, <laughs> Val Venus is cutting a promo. He's interrupted by the Road Dog and, uh, and the New Age Outlaws, but obviously the music hits. So this is a continuation of a three-month story, uh, two-month storyline. Now it's only three months, actually, three months, yeah. Uh, where it's Road Dog wants his hardcore title back again. Two two weeks ago, he was challenging for the WWF Championship. <laughs> oh, he and makes he, his he, he makes a wee allusion to that later on tonight as well. That genuinely, genuinely made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it's brilliant. And uh, Billy Gunn really wants the IC Championship. So again, this will be a couple of months away from him winning the King of the Ring. So they are trying to build Billy Gunn to be the next big thing. And he encounters a man called The Rock. And it, it, it doesn't <laughs> puts work. Puts an end to that. It puts an end to that very quickly. But we're, we're jumping ahead several months. So the the, the, the the New Age Outlaws are like, you know, all all guns blazing, properly going for it. And Val Venus suddenly gets a really, really meh, um, what's it called? Reverse DDT? No, what's the what's the move called? Uh, ro- like a re- oh no, yeah. it's it's a reverse suplex uh, into a bridged pin, and just gets the pin in seventeen seconds. Match over. Bizarre, pointless, weird. It wasn't even a roll up. A roll up would have made more sense actually, because a roll up would have been like, oh, it's a cheap win. No, his shoulders. He bridged the pin, and that was it. It was a legit win. There was no screwy finish here. This was just yeah, which really surprised me because. I was really enjoying Val Venus as Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Um, oh no, wait! I'm confusing it with the with the match later on, am I? Yeah, later on. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, later this, on. Yeah, this, yeah. Is the, this is the tag match. Sorry, the tag match. Yeah. Um, Again, the match being very, uh, <laughs> very loose. It's basically the two, the promo before the match, and then there's a promo after the match. And that's kind of what it is. And basically, they just insult each other. And no, nah. I, I have to talk about the next segment because the next well, segment is. Hold on, before go you on. do. Go on. Uh, just to, to tie up this segment, uh, one of the Road Dogs lines in the promos is um, I'm not after that belt around your waist. I'm after what's holding it up your ass. Which I, I thought was a bizarre line. But it reminded me of, um, do you know the comedian Mitch Hedgeberg? No. Oh, he died years ago, but he was he's this fantastically weird comedian who just did these strange one-liners. But one of his really famous jokes is, so my belt is holding up my trousers, but my belt loops are holding up my belt. Who's the hero here? <laughs> it just 
really reminded me of that strange, bizarre line the road dog had. Yeah, and, actually, that was a weird line. Yeah, <laughs> and delivered it like it was a zinger. Like, oh, I got him. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> but the next match, right? Sorry, the next segment. I I was blown away by it because it's pre new brood Hardys. So it's still Jabba Hardys. They're not actually. They're not. I don't. I don't even think they're named on the segment, right? And do you know who the other guy is? No. Christopher Daniels. No. It is Christopher Daniels. Yeah. You can tell because he's wearing his his uh, onk shirt. See, I wasn't even a. Uh, I wasn't even looking at him because I was like, "Oh my god, it's it's non heel, but non Hardys Hardys." Yeah. No, they're just these. This is the literal job squad. These guys do dark matches. <laughs> So they they're not even like the new brood yet. They're they're not anything. I I genuinely I'm gonna go back and watch. It. I genuinely don't even think they're named. So it's Jeff looking like Jeff. He always kind of looked the same. Matt looking like Matt. And then there's uh, Christopher Daniels with hair, which is very weird to see. Uh, but the only reason why I knew it was him is because he was wearing his Ankh T-shirt. And I'm like, that. and then I saw it. I'm like, oh, that has to be. And I'm like, oh wow, that's Christopher Daniels. So yeah. Randomly. Oh my god, that's mad! Yeah, it's I, insane. I say, I think Hardy's have one of my favorite ever debuts because the first time ever, like even before this, that they were on a WWF was a few years prior to this. King of the Ring. Uh, a King of the Ring. They were the guys who opened, opened. and closed the, <laughs> the 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 magic doors that opened. Yeah, they were there closed. for years. They were there for years. So obviously, like, this is them getting ready. To be on TV properly, and by the end of the year, they'd be a main attraction for WWE. It's just so weird that they're like hanging out with Christopher Daniels, who I've never seen on WWE TV before ever. So I'm like, I guess we have to watch Heat and Velocity. Mad. And wait soon. When you think 1999, 2000 WWF, man, you think of the Hardys. That that's a that's a meteoric rise. Yeah, it really is. Because we're already in March at this stage, so the first quarter of the year is gone. So they make their ascent in a period of, you know, maybe six to eight months. And you'll see why, because what they did with Edge and Christian redefines wrestling for tag teams. And and I mean, it actually is incredible. Like, okay, to put it into context, we just watched a tag team match with with the the biggest tag team in WWE (laughs) history to this point, and then Randall. And, you know, an actual tag team are just hanging out backstage and they get battered by uh, Mick Foley. Uh, so, yeah, Mick throws Jeff into the locker, which actually looked really nasty, beats up Matt, and then does the mandible claw onto um, Christopher Daniels. Oh, I, mean, I, can't, I can't believe I didn't clock that was Christopher Daniels. Again, but again, I suppose I'm I'm used to the baldy version. Here, So here's a hint with, with Christopher Daniels. Look for the onk, and it is Christopher Daniels. It has to be. Yeah. So, I mean, although it's weird, I didn't realize he was doing it this for this long, you know, because he'd always show up with it in TNA. That's, you know, but he never wore a shirt. It's usually his little tattoo, and that's how you know who it is. Well, there's but, uh, yeah. there's one other time he was on TV that I didn't know it was him uh, yeah. and only found out afterwards. Christopher Daniels was one of the guys in who agreed to be a masked wrestler in the yes. Secrets of Pro Wrestling TV show. Yes, he was him. He was the snake guy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he must have covered up tattoos and stuff for that. So there's a segment, uh, again, with Vince and Big Show, and Vince is like, yeah, go out and sort him out. And then we have a WWF Rewind, sponsored by Bop It. 
the OG Boppet, which I, which my uncle actually brought back from America at this time. We loved Not it, to be so. confused with the wrestling rewind, and no. our solicitors are talking to WWE about this at the moment. In the past, we we put it into the into the <laughs> into the time machine and sent it back to them. <laughs> actually, we should have stole that logo. That's a pretty good logo. I wonder if it's under copyright or not. Um, but yeah, so it's not even like a big thing. It's the Undertaker uh, crucifying the big boss man, uh, then him escaping, setting the the Undertaker symbol on sign, which they never name. They never give it a name. They just say that symbol, uh, and then it's him getting arrested. So that's that's the rewind. Sponsored by Boppet. <laughs> Twist it, pull it. Sponsored by Boppet. <laughs> Yeah. The Undertaker is stalking Vince McMahon's daughter <laughs> Who he intends to kidnap and enslave Or marry or who knows what Sponsored by Bobbitt <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing So what we were talking about At the Raw Rumble thing with the you know, It wasn't like like If Undertaker's Hell in a Cell match with Big Boss Man At WrestleMania had it been sponsored by Bobbitt <laughs> I'd be annoyed <laughs> But I'm okay with that segment being sponsored by it because I'm like it's a it's a segment. It doesn't matter. It doesn't ruin because, the thing. Yeah, because it's a segment. Because the Undertaker didn't sit down and go. <laughs> the only way, McMahon, for me and you to resolve our differences is with a game of Bop It. <laughs> or or they use the Bop It in the match. Yeah, the, or they <laughs> with a a Bop It match. <laughs> The ring is surrounded by boppets, and he just yeah. hit him with it. Bop it, bop it, bop it. Yeah, every time. Oh my God, King! He's hitting every, him with bop it. Every time you're thrown into the corner, all you can hear is pull it, twist, <laughs> twist it. Oh well. <laughs> you have to. Whenever you get someone in a like a a submission hold, you have to do what the boppet tells you. <laughs> Bend it. <laughs> so the next segment is with Public Enemy. Uh, and Michael Cole is sitting there and he's ta- he's talking about the battering that they got. And then they replay it. And it looks just as violent as it was the first time. I mean, what could you do except just try and work it into an angle? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that was like the right decision. And I was kind of like, oh, well, okay. They've actually like, they're going to give these guys a bit of a push. And then they're pretty much saying, look, we're not going anywhere. Then the brood come out and batter them again. So <laughs> it's like... So he doesn't even get that sentence out before no, no. the brood the is on him. Violently attacked. No, it's it's less violent than the acolytes because I think it's uh, it's all worked. It's not like a legit assault. Um, Tilo tries to pull them away, yeah. and Mike Kyoto's there as well. But you know they're not getting very far. This is like the most violent I've ever seen Gangrel as well, which is really well, that's funny. I was just about to say that it's like no uh, way. Yeah, I don't imagine uh, this being like. A shoot beat down because Gangrel, despite being a vampire, seems like kind of the chillest dude. Yeah, it's like again, I wouldn't imagine the Brood being the ones to do that. Now, to be fair, Public Enemy did 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 pick the fight with the Brood by dressing as them, so at least there is some kind of consistency there. Yeah. But then we see Mankind uh, see heal Jr. and The Rock makes his debut, and uh, The Rock is actually hilarious. Like. Just in general at this point. I as a kid I wasn't a huge rock fan, I genuinely wasn't. But I appreciate him now a lot more because he's quite hilarious. Then we get the original OG uh, Chef by RD mankind um, oh. <laughs> promo again, which is always fun. So that's nice to see. And I'm glad they left it in. Uh, then we have a promo for uh Bark Gun. And if you guys want to hear our full recap of 
of the brawl for the all. Brawl for all. It's actually up on Nerd to Know Media, and it's also on the True Penny channel as well. So, guys, check that one out. It is a it's, lot of fun. Ourselves and James True Penny. But we're going to have to leave it there, folks, with that uh, tasty tease to go over to our website. It's almost like we're professionals, Martin. Um, <laughs> <Almost>. <laughs> plan stuff out. We don't. We 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 really don't plan anything out. Um, so yeah, Martin, we are going to go into our time into the war zone where we can, where we can say the bad words and uh, and read out the signs. <laughs> read, read the signs. <laughs> <laughs> read the signs. It's amazing that we have to wait <laughs> to read the signs out. Um, because if you want to follow us, please do. Uh, genuinely, this show is nothing without you guys listening. Thank you for checking us out on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. Go over to um, nerdtoknowmedia dot com. True Penny Channel, or of course the Wrestling Rewind. All the links are there for the Patreon, for the website, for 124 free shows as well. So, tons of content. We'll be back after this short break because we have an entire episode of Raw to get through. So, we'll be get, back for the short break. Get on that Patreon and give us our Xbox Euro. You owe us an Xbox Euro. Make some noise! Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. If you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Tell us what to do. Yeah. You think you can tell us what to win? You think you better? Yeah. Well, you better get ready to bow to the master. All right, folks, and we're back. Um, Martin again. What a great outro. I can't ah. believe it was made some noise. I really can. I really can. Telling you, make some noise, and our new catchphrase is going to be X Pac Euro. Euro. <laughs> That's you the name of the tier. That's going to be the name of the tier. X Pac Euro. You owe us an X Pac Euro. <laughs> oh man, guys, legitimately, please do uh, go over to the Patreon. It's you know you can give whatever. Uh, we really would appreciate it, and it means we can we can kind of uh, do more content. Actually, have an excuse to go and watch more wrestling. And uh, you know, hang out a little bit more. So yeah, we're, we're totally going to put up that like X Pac Euro as like the first tier. <laughs> and of course, it is for Nerd to Know Media as well. So there's other kind of stuff you can ask for and, and all that stuff as well. So um, it's not we're not just going to use it to. Actually, no, we probably will. Probably will just waste it. But you know, <laughs> I'll definitely use my share. Just yeah, piffle it away. Piffle it away. That's it. Um, but no, X Pac Euro. I love it. So, <laughs> Martin, before we move on, signs that you clocked in heat. Um, I referred to earlier on where your man was holding up with with a with an arrow, and it just said, "Big penis," <laughs> <laughs> and it shows up six or seven times in the show on the hard camera, and it's like, "What are you doing?" There's also one saying, um, uh, "Was it X Pac gives China head?" Oh, Shane, Shane gives Shane. China that head. Was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh what what was the one you'd sent to us earlier on the Oh my god, let me let me read this one out. I, I don't want text. to uh, I, I don't want to, to, to ruin this one. because uh, this is so good. So this this is just a random random one. And uh, hold on. Uh, and before before you read it, you should know that whoever got this seat angled this perfectly because the screenshot it's from is a 
is Vince stood looking grim and then this saying directly behind him. Yeah, I think he was coming out to the ring for Austin. So we don't know when it was from, but we will try to find. Vince McMahon is gay, comma, and also loves to bang little chickens. <laughs> <laughs> little chickens. Little chickens. Vince, Vince isn't the kind of guy who bangs some big fat chicken. <laughs> oh, man. That's just... It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, it's so bizarre, and it, it it really is a credit that we have to wait to after the show to really kind of go into it. So magnificent. So yeah, uh, they're they're starting the proper build up now for Bart Gunn, freshly haircutted Bart Gunn. Iron, what's what did he call him? Iron Bart Gunn. The uh, the Bullet anvil. Bar- the anvil Bart Gunn. Yes, no no longer just Bart Gunn. Or um, bodacious Bart. Or bodacious Bart. <laughs> Going against Butterbean. But folks, if you if you haven't checked out our show with James Truepenny, where we talk about that already, do go now and then come back and give us money. It's, once uh, we, it, it's actually, it's a very good show. Like it's a good listen once we get over the initial shock. So once the three of us get over that, but why didn't they just work it? Once we get over that. Yeah, then we kind of get into it. Yeah, and actually get into the matches in air quotes, whatever. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun lesson, but it does take us a few minutes of just sitting around looking at each other, going, "But it's it's wrestling. What I just don't understand why they didn't work it." <laughs> so the next segment is The Rock uh, doing a backstage interview. It, it it it's not the best one. It's not the worst one. Excuse me. It is what it is. Uh, then we cut to Tiger Ali Singh in the ring again, which he did it last week, and Kurt Angle battered him. He's, so, um, um, yeah, he's so, all over Tally. Well, I mean, for this segment, I didn't think they'd get anyone else. <laughs> so what happens is he offers $500, I think, at this point, uh, for someone to come in and mock JR. Now, here's what's interesting. Do you know who this man is? No, who is he? So this man is Ed Ferrara. <gasps> and for folks no. who don't know that, he is... Uh, the other writer of Raw. Now, he would move, he would leave WWE with uh, Russo, go to WCW, redo this character in WCW as Oklahoma. As, oh oh my God. So this is the genesis of, not McGillicuddy. (laughs) (laughs) That that is where I knew him from. Yeah, Ed Ferrara. When he did the, because his JR impression is pretty good. Um, but it looked so familiar. He's yeah. bloody Oklahoma. He's Oklahoma, yeah. So this is the, the oh, debut of Oklahoma. That is mental. Also, it, I have I have to call out the fact somebody in the segment brought a whiteboard <laughs> and and changed the sign. He said he's the best bartender going or whatever. That's genius. Oh, bring yeah, a whiteboard and send a whiteboard. Sign. Yeah, that now that's an idea, folks. Bring whiteboards with you. Yeah, that's class. Because, I mean, if you get in trouble, you can quickly rub it out and be like, what? It's the whiteboard, it's fine. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, this brings out... Swastika? What are you talking about? (laughs) This is is the Undertaker symbol. (laughs) This is the Undertaker. No, Uh, I wasn't holding up. (laughs) So this brings out Heel JR. Doesn't say anything this time. Doesn't kick anyone in the nuts. And Dr. Death. Dr. Death uh, suplexes Tiger Ali Singh into into the future and uh, walks away then it's when we get a sign that says 
WrestleMania, sponsored by Crispy M&M's, the feeding frenzy has begun. Also, you notice, the event is sponsored by, not the matches. Imagine The Undertaker, I want M&M's, etc, etc. JR then cuts a promo. It's not really a good promo. Uh, Sends out the big show to go deal with them. Uh, And I wouldn't mind, Dr. Death could have actually actually done something there with the big show. No, he leaves. But that leaves just walks yeah, away. You're this, like, what are you doing? This JR Dr. Death thing, it's not actually even a bad angle. It's just they no. keep making bad decisions with it. So yeah, Dr. Death going toe to toe with the big show would have been awesome. Especially at this stage of the big show's career where he was being portrayed as just a monster. Um but it's like last week JR segment where he comes out and he sits down and he says, I'm not leaving and go to goddamn hell. I'm here to do my job. Would have been awesome if they'd had Dr. Death stand there and guard him. But instead, Dr. Death comes down and takes his hand and leads him back to the, the home like he's somebody's granda who wandered out. Like it's, th- th- there's a great story here. They just keep making all the wrong decisions. And this is one of them. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, it's no wonder that Dr. Death never recovered from... I I don't think the brawl for all was necessarily the end of him. You could recover from that. Like, wrestlers get beat all the time and recover. But it's the fact that they then did nothing with him to help him recover. Yeah, I mean, this just shows you that not only did they not know what to do with him, but it actively floundered. Like he should have went in and actually went toe to toe with the big show and the rock and spun off a feud yeah. with Paul White versus Big Show. Paul White versus like, um and you wouldn't even need to change this uh, gimmick where he's with JR. No. He could just be out there protecting JR all the time. Yeah. Like, I, like it's just it's just the fact he just looks so weak. And he, he does nothing and he never, yeah, it's... He just looks so weak. It's like, this guy is supposed to be a killer and it's like, and it's do not look like one. It's just, it's confusing in this era where, like you say, or like you were talking earlier about how over D'Lo Brown is. Like, they're doing something with everyone. The mid-card guys are over. The lower card, the bloody jobbers are over. And here they had, you know, their most beloved commentator and a, and a guy who had real presence like they could have really made something out of him and it's a it's a very rare misfire the shame for this, for this time period public enemy and doctor that are the only two ones floundering in this it, it's, it's it's bizarre, bizarre isn't it so bizarre um so yeah big show comes out talks to the rock eventually sets him up for the showstopper uh mankind I think he does hit the showstopper. Mankind comes out and absolutely wellies him with the chair. Just a beautiful headshot to the point that it opens up the chair. Those blue chairs, they were something else. They were just different. They always hit a little bit different. Um, and then... They had a, nice, they had a really nice uh, crumple to them. They did. Uh, unfortunately, the big show gets up. Absolutely buries Mick onto the chair. <laughs> that really looks sore. Um, and then uh, Austin's music hits. And we have stunners for everybody. I don't think he stunners mankind, though. I think he stunners uh, the rock definitely. And then they set up for their 
obviously dark match. No, sorry, there's no sinners or not. That's that that sets up the dark match, which we don't see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, did you yeah. notice? So earlier you mentioned. Uh, I don't know if it was just the frantic nature of the show, or maybe the way it had to be edited down to an hour, or yeah. edited down to forty three minutes really. But you mentioned earlier that like the camera kind of missed what was going on with Hardcore Holly. There was a couple other things the camera kind of missed. Did you actually notice how this show ended? Yeah, it just ended. That's why I thought there was a stunner. There wasn't. The show just ends. But it ends with the big show lifting the ring. Oh, well, I didn't see that. Exactly. I I had to go back and watch it because I was looking at it and the ring kind of... The, the rock's moving around the ring like he's fallen, but I just thought maybe he was backing up. But then you can hear the commentators going, oh my God, the big show's lifting the ring. So I had to wind it back. And yeah, you can see, it's hard to see because of the camera angle, but in the far corner, not the hard camera side, on the audience side, you can see that the ring is slightly up and shaking wow. from side to side. Now, it's obviously not Paul White doing it. They obviously have something set up underneath it yeah um but yeah that seems like a pretty big angle to miss you know that this monster has lifted the ring well look we end there and we go into raw now what's weird about raw is it actually opens with the rock coming out so obviously they're setting enough time that enough time has passed so what 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 more than likely happened here is they had a dark match went back let everybody go out and go to the jacks then they brought them back for this can I just say the opening package is that's exactly the one to use for WrestleMania. Oh, I think yeah. it's exactly the one to use for WrestleMania. But when the intro for Raw is War starts, and I is, can I can see why, man. These this is the golden era of packages. This gets you hyped, but it gets you hyped, and then it goes into Raw's War, and that intro is just fantastic. It's brilliant, and it's never been equaled. I I know some people like the. You know, the Underground Union or the SmackDown one. And I like those too. But nothing matches that full on you're in for. And I mean, the thing about it is it actually sets the pace very well. Because you're like, you're in for some serious shit here. You're going to see yeah. everything. And, and it, even the uh, the footage that they use. Like the song is awesome. But that fiery footage that they use over yeah, it. Yeah. Rather than like just straight in-ring footage or whatever. Or yeah. Like it's, it's a it's a really brilliant atmosphere they create. So you're like, you're ten seconds into the show and you're already, cap- you're already, you're already in it. Yeah. yeah, you've already totally suspended disbelief and you're ready for whatever fucking nonsense is about to come. Um, okay, so the show opens up and it cuts around the arena. Some funny signs. Uh, there's four. There's five lads with, that with their shirts off, all dressed like Val Venus, and it just says Venus on them. And it's also uh, Hardcore Holly fan club. <laughs> one guy. One guy. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it, no, it's one guy, and then a girl with a sign that says Kirsten. So she's obviously not in the fan club. No, oh, she. <laughs> she's Kirsten. <laughs> oh man and then the, there's a sign that you can only says, see one side of it the front of it it says Kirsten and the back of it it's would like to disassociate herself from the hardcore Holly fan club we got a couple more China is my dad signs uh, <laughs> which I mean is it, it, it's it's a strange one um, it is it's again it's very of its time um, 
it wouldn't go down well today because last year someone held up a a sign um, about um, Nyla Rose at right. an AEW uh, event right. that made some sort of reference to her gender and like they hid it as well as they could from the broadcast. The guy was thrown out and oh. the next day he was kind of a uh, doxxed on social media. I was like, when people discover the attitude there, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hours and hours, like a signs alone, like we had to wait now to to say the signs because, oh, yeah, um, whenever Vince eventually goes to trial and people start asking, oh my god, how did he allow such an atmosphere to develop among his roster? And they're gonna look at the at the crowd for two seconds, and they're gonna go, "Oh, all right." The thing about it is, though, yeah, look, even though some of them are absolutely abhor- abhorrent, some of them are genuinely like, "We support Ivory. Ivory's great." And I'm like, That's "Yeah, so bizarre." That's I, I so love bizarre. it. You're genuine lo- fans, like. I love it when someone is like, "Oh my God, Raw's come to my town. It's the hottest show in the world right now. I've got a ticket. I can't wait to go." And they're gonna bring my draws sign with me <laughs> there's a great there is a great sign before the rock starts speaking saying i'm not taping nitro <laughs> <laughs> wonderful absolutely wonderful um they didn't go through the network and edit out all those signs no they're all fine it's like yeah we got them we got them <laughs> like, you got them 20 years ago that's yeah, why you own them you you won vince let it go <laughs> let it go um so the rock comes out actually looks like a million bucks uh it seems like the surgery so basically the reason why he was wearing the sweats was because he, he had to get surgery done on his breasts. He got boob surgery. He did get boob surgery, like legitimately. So now he's wearing the open shirts that he's famous for. And I'm like, can I just say, I miss that rock. I think that was a great look. He just looked like he was there to kick ass. And he did, because most of the time he was just battering mankind's head in with a chair. So like, I don't was, know. Apparently it's a, it's a thing amongst uh, Samoan. Samoan men. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. prone to whatever causes like a breast tissue to develop in the yeah. kind of pectoral region. So he had to get that done. So obviously it was a, a success now. So he's more looking like the rock that you, that you know now. And although, although look, and I'm not saying he hasn't made a hell of a career for himself, but a big titty rock on only fans would have made a puck load of money. Uh, 23 years too early though. <laughs> know, nowadays, maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, I'm pretty maybe, sure there's a cos- pretty sure there's a cosplayer dog that can do that as a gimmick. Maybe he could get the surgery to put them back, or or someone could just take it up as a cosplay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> guarantee real thirty four man, Ricky Starks. If, if real thirty four, <laughs> if it exists, there's porn of it. So you know, I I I would believe that probably exists. I'm not going to Google that. You're welcome to, folks, if you wish to. Just don't tell me about it. Um, so the Rock cuts a promo in the ring. Uh, these people really want to cheer him he's still a heel um but just about just about just about um there's some fan in the ring uh, in the crowd it cuts to him to show he's a heel saying the rock talks too much um but that's that's about it it's the only reason why you know he's a heel he does say some stuff to kind of get the crowd to um to boom and they do eventually Finn's then he, comes but he even he actually uses the fact that he's so over Mm. to push that he's a heel so it's like you're saying um 
every time he goes to do one of his catchphrases, like the crowd goes along with it. Yeah. And and it, so in order to use that to a heel advantage, he starts doing one of his catchphrases and then he stops yeah. and then he goes, hey, shut up. This yeah. isn't sing along with the chat. Yeah, it's brilliant. So <laughs> Which like, is, it's kind of like the way um, Pac now, not X-Pac, yeah. Pac yeah. Yeah. now um, slides into the ring and he walks over to the corner and he puts two hands on the rope as if he's about to jump up in the turnbuckle, you know, and like put his arms up to the crowd and the crowd really want to cheer him yeah. and he puts his arms in the turnbuckle and then he just doesn't. Oh, it's like an awesome wee heel move. But The Rock was out there for basically 10 minutes by himself. And the crowd's loving it. Which you have to hand it. I mean, that's 10 times the length of wrestling that was on Heath. (laughs) (laughs) He was out there by himself and the crowd loved it. So Vince eventually comes out, Paul White eventually comes out and they have a little scuffle in the ring. Um, And they're pretty much going to be like, look, we need to get on the same page. Uh, You know, we have a a championship to retain. Blah, 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 blah. Um, And then we set up... One of the... uh sort of lines of logic that Vince uses is um um you know what I've done for you in this business, Dwayne, you know what I've done for your family. Um that's actually I know it's obviously twenty years earlier, mm. but it's um it's pretty much the storyline of have you been watching Young Rock? Oh God no. It's it's actually not terrible. Um but that's the the storyline of it is is sort of Vince McMahon's relationship with his father and with his family and with his grandmother's promotion in uh was it in Samoa or Hawaii or wherever? Yeah, it'd be the island of Samoa. Yeah. So yeah. it's um it just it just was interesting. It reminded me of the the program Young Rock, which genuinely not as terrible as you might think. Alright, I might have to give it a watch. Um so we get an ad for Sable. So we're going to see Sable. Uh, we, we, the weirdest thing I've seen on res, in wrestling in probably ever, and that's really saying something. Lads come out with timber. Yeah. And they start building something during the match. <laughs> and these aren't wrestlers. These are just workmen, you know. Uh, yeah, and like the match will be going on and you'll be hearing like <laughs> buzz saws and stuff going. So it's it's the road dog against Val Venus for the icy belt, and the road dog wins. Clean in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Now he again, former number one contender. So, <laughs> you know, they had to give him the work rate belt, you know. So he got it. So oh yeah, because that that's it's road dog. That's who needs the that's who needs <laughs> the work rate belt. Um, I I didn't like this. Yeah, I, I was really enjoying Venus as a champion, and in fact, I've made a decision, and Venus is now one hundred percent on my Bukhali list. Is he? One hundred percent. Interesting. Okay. But um, but I think so. Later on, I mean, we'll get to it. But later on, um, Billy Gunn wins the Hardcore title. Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is a thing they're doing where DX is going to hold all the kind of undercard titles yeah you know, I, yeah i i don't know but it it just this on its own made very little sense to me wrestle yeah hold on to that <laughs> hold on to that <laughs> um 
so we have a weird so basically the lads have built this table structure table like structure um <laughs> it's much like a box like structure outside of the ring and they don't really explain what it's for just yet we have a match with uh Shane McMahon and Jared Briscoe it sorry Shane McMahon defeated Jared Briscoe and Pat Patterson in a 2 on 1 handicap match they're dressed as the legion of doom for some reason so yeah so what happens is Shane says uh oh, I'm the European champion and people are saying like I don't deserve it that I got this belt through nepotism I'm going to show you that I'm a worthy champion I'm going to I'm going to take on a handicap match and I'm going to take on two of the toughest guys you've ever seen and then they uh, announced that the Legion of Doom are coming out. Oh man! And it does the full Legion of Doom music and all. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is, two two things got me with this, and I think they say something about the crowd. So this is maybe where we get the sort of modern day myth of the casual fan. Right. I think this Raw is a lot of casual fan, just fans who wanted to be there because Raw was so hot at the time. Yeah, I believe because it. Shane does a wee line about how he's going to beat X-Pac 123-Kid. No <laughs> response from the audience. Yeah. And then the the Legion of Doom, or the Road Warriors, who a pop is literally named after, the Road Warrior pop, gets no pop, gets no response from the crowd, like even before they find out that it's Patterson and Briscoe. So I, I just thought that maybe kind of says something about the the uh, fan base at the time. Speaking it, of the crowd, did you catch a Jericho sign? No, I missed that. Yeah, so as Vince and Shane are walking away, there's some lads screaming at Vince. He has a sign saying, Jericho, make a move. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, this, this, there was still definitely some smarks. Yeah, no, there absolutely was. <laughs> so the real storyline happens after this match. And it's it's up on the Tron and it's Vince's home. Right. The ministry, I have to say, the brood look terrifying as they properly look like vampires or, or stalkers, depending. Um, oh yeah. Man, Ed- edges that big grin he's doing when yeah. he's uh, walking around with the sunglasses on, that is yeah. so creepy. Yeah, so it's just it's just super weird, but uh it cuts then to we're gonna finally find out what's underneath this table like stru- underneath the, the table like structure now has been covered by a cloth, so we're gonna find out. Um M M's presents the slam of the week and it's uh <laughs> Dr. Death slamming Ed Ferrara and Tiger Ali thing. Uh well I tell you what, just before we move on from Slam of the Week to the to the what's in the table, um we missed a wee section. All right, go, sorry, I just I love this next segment. It's it's wonderful. Sorry, go on. <laughs> that, that's why I just want to get this in before yeah. you go off. So um there's a wee segment we missed earlier where they go backstage and Road Dog and DX are all standing around celebrating Road Dog holding the IC title. And Road Dog goes, um, I'm the you, you gotta read that. That's his I'm the I C C H A M P. I'm the number one contender, and I'm coming for you and your belt, Rocky Maivia. And I swear to God, I laughed out loud and said, no, you are not. Oh, you're never going to be there yeah. again. <laughs> now you, you better have enjoyed that, because that's the closest you'll be coming ever again, boy. 
So there's an ex- there, there. So we we get after the slam of the week, we find out what's underneath the the cloth. It's a wee little uh, comedy commentary box that says JR is Rob, and there's a sign that says McMahon is a Nazi. <laughs> Randomly, no context needed for that, but there you go. Uh, JR comes out <laughs> with um with, with uh, Doctor Death and. For, Okay, so he's able to have his own set of headphones, which obviously has to go into the feed, which requires an awful lot of setup. So, That's obviously what those. So, those, so what those lads, at, so those can... lads didn't only make the table; they're also able to hack into. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, um, how 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 else would you connect a headset to the live feed without a buzz saw? Obviously, you need a buzz saw to do that. I mean, there's it. it there's an empty chair right beside them. He could just <laughs> go down and sit down beside them. Do you know what? I, I kind of like this. <laughs> I thought this was a real dick move. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Put it right in front of the other um, of the other uh, commentary desk. The fans were into it. The fans were um, like, you can see them, particularly the ones, maybe not the ones further back, because when you're there live, it's probably hard to tell what's going on. But the fans who are around that area, the ring, they're loving this. They're like yeah. going full JR chance in that. Um, and then JR just puts, because heel JR has a mouth on him. Like, do you remember last week, he absolutely eviscerated the Red Rooster? Um <laughs> He sits down at his table there and he turns to Jerry Lauren and he goes, Hey, King, you want to join me here at the adults table or you want to sit there with the kid? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing of it is, it's only space for him. <laughs> that's, why, that's why that line lands so well. So the, the, the next match we have, and it is actually a match. It's two minutes of a match. Oh, sorry, what's it? Yeah, about two minutes of a match. It's the first time we see Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett as the tag team. Now remember, they're the tag team champions. So this is the first time we've seen them as a tag team. And they're in a match with our good friends, the Bookley of all Bookleys, the public enemy. Um, they come out with a table for some reason. This isn't a tables match. Um, this isn't a hardcore match. But they have a table anyway. And uh, you know what? They actually get an awful lot of offense here, which is very surprising. The referee actually causes... Um, Okay, so the end of this match is weird. So it isn't a hardcore match. The referee actually causes this finish. So the referee pulls him away. Jeff Jarrett wellies him with a, with a, with a, with a chair shot, you know, with a guitar shot, in front of the ref. Yeah, and and not the referee saw it at the corner of his eye. The no, referee could right in front of him. <laughs> smack bang. The referee probably got splintered with bits of guitar. And like, the referee counts the pinfall with the frog splash. So here's what I wanted to ask you. Go on. Is this a screw up? I.e. the referee was supposed to, because he gets into that position by grabbing um, one of the public enemy's uh, arms. So was he maybe supposed to spin round, face the other way, fall? Or is this part of the story that because these guys wanted to sign with WCW, everyone, even the referees, hate them? And the referee is just gonna like shrug his shoulders and you know count the fall. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I genuinely don't I think this was 
just pouring or, hot out. Are we putting too much thought into 1999? Yeah, I, I think there was a botch. I think the referee was supposed to look away. And he didn't. And obviously, Jeff Jarrett, I have to say, those guitars look so cheap. They look so cheap. Like, they do, but do you know what? I, I'm kind of torn on them because they do look really cheap, but they, sh- they shatter amazing. They like, do. They, I do, but I prefer, the, I prefer the ones he used in TNA. What was different about them? They were silver. Uh, And same in WCW. Because the thing is, when Honky Tonk Man broke, or almost broke Jake the Snake's neck with a guitar shot, he he hit him with a full-on rail guitar, but it didn't even look that good. Like, it barely, because it was such a good guitar, it barely cracked the back of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot better to actually, like, no, I don't have a problem that it looks cheap. I just... It just looks like a bad guitar, you know. You just, you just wish Everton was TNA. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love, I love the end of this. So they're, they're, you know, they're obviously trying to show the aftermath of this, and then uh, Doctor Deck grabs the camera to focus on Jay. <laughs> it's just like, okay, at least you're doing something, and the camera cuts away, and it's just like, no, he's the, and oh man. Just the face on King and uh, Michael Cole. But it's, you don't even know what to say. It's just, it's just but, hilarious. But it's such a missed opportunity. Imagine like just a quick segment, cut to backstage, and Vince is going, "God damn it, get Jr. off my TV!" And he sends down a couple of heavies, and Doctor Death just murders them. Yeah, I mean, like, why, that's it. You know what the boss man should have been doing instead of this really weird cage match? <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> should have been doing yeah. that. That's what the corporate team should have been doing. And you're talking about a (coughs) one-minute segment gets the JR story over, gets heel JR over, gets Dr. Death, sort of kind of uh, rehabilitates Dr. Death a little bit. Like, oh, just... I'd have been such a good booker if I had 20 years of hindsight. (laughs) So we have a a cage match with, um, with Midian representing the corporate ministry. Again, I didn't even know Midian had a cage match. <laughs> there there <laughs> you go. I didn't never knew he had a gimmick, uh, a gimmick match, uh, or or I forgot about it. It's probably the latter. But um, this is a hat on a hat. This isn't just a cage match. This is a hard way cage match. I think they call it hard so way the, cage match. So the only way to win is to climb out of the cage. Ah yes, and this cage is really interesting because it's 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 not the one we would normally know. It's like one in between. It's the yeah. old black cage with a top yeah. on it. It's not with, the chain link. No, this but is, it's th- not the blue bars. This is lit. No, it, and it's not the black one either because the black one they used at Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. So this one they reused that, but they put a little top on it. So that would eventually become the chain link fence one. And I actually really like this look. Because I remember, even as a kid, you know, when you had like the cage matches and they released the cage with the top of it, that always yeah. just was the best cage. But you know what? This, I was going to say, that even though Boss Man is my bookly, this <laughs> should have been Boss Man match. Like, this should have been his match. It should have been his match. This should have been the one that he actually has. Because obviously it makes sense. He gets out the... Like he just destroys poor Midian. I know, like Midian's bleeding from the mouth within like twenty seconds. Um, he has uh, like it's like a chain or handcuffs, I think it is, 
and he's just beating him around the place with it. You know, it's completely unfair. The corporation come out to just, you know, make sure things are all right. Ken Shamrock's wearing pants, which looks weird, but looks pretty cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's just he, weird. He looks like CM Punk. But if you, it's so strange because you're so used to seeing him in his like, uh, like fighting gear. Like if you bumped into Ken Shamrock in the post office and he was wearing that, you'd be confused. You'd be like, yeah, why, but, why aren't you in your gear? <laughs> he's wearing CM Punk's gear from TNA. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> so the corporation absolutely just take turns destroying Midian. Now, here's the thing. This officially ends in an L contest. Um, the bell didn't ring to end the match. So technically the match is still going on. Uh, <laughs> to this, it's like the like war between North and South Korea has never actually officially ended. <laughs> Either this it, match. This match is still technically going on. So it cuts back. It's a setup angle with, with the ministry. It, Wait, so the boss man died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Is oh, Midian no. still alive? No, 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 no. We're not. We're not going there. Could Midian go and lay on the grave for three seconds <gasps> and end this match? He retired in 2012. Uh, wrestlers never really retire. Okay, hold on. No, he's not dead. He's still alive. Oh my god. Right. For every <laughs> X-Pac Euro that we get in the Patreon, no. we will use it to no. pay Midian no. to fly out to Bossman's grave no. and finally pin, finally pin him. So Knight appeared in, in TNA at Destination X 2005. We're going to cover this. That's our next, that's our next Patreon exclusive. <laughs> uh, no joke. We're actually going to do that. So the next segment, um, so basically... It, it's the the the, the brood uh, like being weird and the rest of the, the ministry outside of uh, Vince's house. Then it cuts to static, and then we have Sable and the King. King is, I think, are they in the Playboy Mansion or are they like just in the mansion to make look like the Playboy Mansion? I wasn't. No, no it's not. It's like someone's house. Okay, fair enough. No, no, it is. It is actually the Playboy Mansion. Is it actually? And I know this because of Louis Through. I know. I know Hugh Hefner shows up, but I wasn't sure if they actually went all the no, way. No, no. Louis Theroux did uh, one of his documentaries where he goes to the Playboy Mansion. Right. And there's a number of areas of it that right. I recognize. Like the grotto where Lawler swims underneath them and pinches all their arses or whatever he does. Yeah, um, kicked out. Yeah, that, that's actually the secret grotto is, a, is uh-huh. like a famous part of the, uh, the Playboy Mansion. And like... Uh, Louis Through is is in it in his documentary, so it it looks like they genuinely went to the Playboy Mansion. So King finally gets what should be his biggest payoff ever, and he comes out looking worse than he did when he went in. Do you yeah, think this I'm... is? Do you think this is a case of be careful what you wish for? Because <laughs> I mean, he comes out look, he comes like he gets thrown out. He get he embarrasses himself, and he ends up looking like a complete loser. And uh, like if 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 ever you're going to go to a place where you can uh, molest women with no consequences, it's so oh my funny. god! It's, oh my god! Have you ever read any of the stories about Hugh Hefner? Yeah, no, I have, I have. That's why I'm saying, oh my god! It's the Playboy match. <laughs> so, poor King can't even get <laughs> get uh, even... get his his dirty old way at the Playboy mansion. So they show clip. They show uh, on the Titantron clips of the pictures um obviously censored but i mean this is you know going back they should have just done this 
with the OnlyFans for um, your one. I can't remember her name. Oh, Mandy Rose. For Mandy yeah. Rose, yeah. I'm sorry. I know I keep bringing it up, but I just think it is such an injustice the way this is like over a month now where they have been like literally just showing these nude pictures of Sable and Playboy and they have fired Mandy Rose. But <laughs> before we get to that section, so the whole Playboy Mansion skit, like forgetting all the other stuff and the crack and the king being a ghoul and all that. In terms of... Being all, a ghoul. <laughs> in terms of all time, yeah. like ever, yeah. worst acting in wrestling, where do you think this skit lands? Oh, stop! It gets even worse. It gets. Sale. It gets. It just gets progressively worse. Um, and this should just be. It should be just easy. Go out, you know, and then you have a little strip tease as well. Um, in it as well, and that just gets it worse. Um, I think it's probably up there. It's like okay, we're gonna dust off the old Katie Vick scale. Um, <laughs> we're gonna have the desperate times cost for desperate measures. This, my friend, is four Katie Vicks out of ten. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Jerry Lawler shows up, um, and five. Sables. It's five Katie Vicks out of ten. <laughs> Sables lying there reading like, her own copy of Playboy, the copy of Playboy that she's in. Oh, that's yeah. what my tits look like. Um, and Jerry Lawler walks in, and Sables like, "Oh, Jerry." Only you could be late for a tour of the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> like, oh my god! Yeah, no, Sable is not good. Uh, she never was, <laughs> but you know she was willing to to really kind of put herself into it full on. So she did. Uh, the segment eventually leads into an in ring thing as well, and it's just it's terrible. It, it that's all it is. It's absolutely atrociously bad. Um, I did. I did think it was hilarious that when uh, when they brought her Playboy images up on the screen, and you know the the juicy bits were censored, mm. like they had a black bar across them saying Playboy. Yeah, you could hear the crowd. The crowd sounded genuinely disappointed. These idiots full on thought they were going to see tits on on TV. Well, I mean, they did last week. <laughs> I, I mean, suppose. I mean, yeah. I mean, the guy behind. But not up on a 60 no. foot Titan truck. No, I mean, it gets a bit much. You can see six inches of tits. You can't see 60 feet of tits. No, no. I think I think that would be excessive. So remember, the whole. So the next match has JR back doing his work and he has his little notes and everything. I mean, he went full bore into this and he's calling the hardcore title match Bob Holly versus uh, Billy Gunn. And it, it's actually really refreshing to hear. Um, JR on commentary. Now it looks ridiculous when it kind of pans back. And again, uh, Dr. Death is just there. I mean, why isn't he challenging for the hardcore title? <laughs> it's just... Again, another bloody thing that would have a perfect way to rehabilitate him. Yeah, there's just, there's just nothing. There's just, there's just nothing. So this match in and of itself, genuinely not the best hardcore match I've ever seen. Um, it's not even close. It really isn't. It's actually, Along the the less um, oh god uh, yeah, sorry. yeah it, it was it, fine it, it was fine it it was in a very uninventful way for I thought the uh, 
for Billy Gunn. Table bump was pretty cool. Yeah, the table bump was pretty good. So Billy Gunn gets thrown out of the ring and I don't know if he's meant to land on JR's table or what. Yeah, I think that was the whole point, yeah. He goes out of the ring and he comes down and he lands and his feet hit the table, which makes it actually worse because then his actual body is just catapulted into the ground. Yeah, see, I think that was a botch. I think he was supposed to actually go through that table, which is why it was there. But he missed. Uh, but it did set up the ending of the hardcore title match, which was a, a famouser onto the chair. Your new hardcore champion, badass Billy Gunn. Yeah. So the outlaws <laughs> are both champions. Yeah, and look, maybe, maybe I, I don't particularly remember what they were doing around this time. So maybe this will become clear in the next few weeks. But I. I don't know where this is going, and I'm not a huge fan of it so far. Okay, so we we get it. We get a recap of uh, Undertaker. Well, um, an update of the Undertaker situation. The Undertaker situation is uh, he's now put a, a, a symbol outside McMahon's house, and um, it's on fire. Goes back to uh, King and uh, Michael Cole, and there's a sign behind him saying, "Hey, X Pac, I'll suck it." <laughs> <laughs> Rub Patreon. You can say it. Oh my god! Uh, oh no, we're on the podcast. We're on the it. podcast. No, but that's what it says. And then Triple H comes out being very angry. Um, not not the game yet. Just DX Triple H. I think this is the most ill-fitting Triple H. It really is. Um, it's such a weird period for him because uh, he, he's he's obviously responding to the Kane thing where Kane shot Kane, uh, China in the face. <laughs> oh, we had a good we had a good chat about that one last yeah. week. Yeah, so uh, there, there's, you know, as much as I love Triple H, and I do, um, this is terrible. Uh, this is not yeah. good for him. I don't think this gets anyone over. Well, um, he comes out and he's all, you shot China in the face. Yeah. But I know that was meant for me. And you're yeah. like, yeah, China was. was holding your arms <laughs> and he pointed at you <laughs> and you moved. <laughs> Obviously, it was meant for you. So they have an so they don't have a match. Uh, they have just a little, you know, bait around the ring. Vinnie Mac comes out, um, and he's obviously kind of what's the story with Undertaker. Um, so he's just in the ring as they're like beating each other back and forth. Again, no match, no nothing. Vince is just standing there. It's the most awkward thing in the world. And um, it's very strange as well. Very weird because very weird. he's mic'd up. Yeah, the whole he's time. Not, he's not holding a microphone. No. He clearly has like a like a clipped microphone on his collar. Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing goes dark, uh, fire, and then it cuts back to a uh, promo of The Rock and Austin at WrestleMania. So, fair enough. Um, and it turns out who that person was under, they do recap again if you missed it, um, underneath the ring, it wasn't Kane the whole time. It was The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, now, what I will I will be honest with you, when I saw it the first time, completely missed it. So, when they showed it a second time, it made a lot of sense. This was weird. I have to give it... Now, I think they actually had Kane out there initially. And then they did the change. I think so, point. because I think it would have been very obvious. Yeah. Because I mean, if that like, was. I think p- if you had the Undertaker out there the whole time, I think people would have copped 
pretty quickly that it's not Kane. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, because even the way he was moving around, but I don't think he was, he, he didn't do any of Kane's signature spots as far as like off the top rope or anything that so that Taker wasn't doing at the time. Because um, a lot of people don't remember that Undertaker got more athletic the older he got, which is weird. Um, so to, to, to a point. <laughs> to a point, but I mean like old school and stuff like that, he, he wouldn't necessarily do. Um, so The Rock comes out. Uh, wearing his actual gear, which is cool. There's an RVD sign, which nice. is interesting. And he cuts a bit of a promo. Uh, this, of course, is going to be the main event. Um, Big Show comes out. Actually, I think this is the first time we've seen Big Show in wrestling gear. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's not wearing a, a, a basketball jersey or something like that. Um, and it's going to be a tag team match. Uh, the, the, the Rock and Paul White against Steve Austin and Mankind ends in a no contest about 11 minutes a very very long no contest uh, it does have to be said yeah um, and not a not a bad match um, it really isn't it's actually a match no, what one yeah. would call a match it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's a very low bar to cross yeah. <laughs> but but it's actually yeah it's a decent TV match um, and I think the the brawl at the end that kind of yeah. leads to the no the, just yeah the no contest <laughs> bullshit ruling but um it's quite good and particularly yeah. when austin and the rock get their hands on each other like the, yeah, it's very good. this crowd is hyped for wrestlemania yeah. um and there's a great segment where austin and the rock are battering each other through the crowd and then austin fires them back out over the barrier uh back into the sort of the uh, not not the ring, but into the wrestling part of the arena. Yeah. Hoofs them up on the table and then drops an elbow from the from the barrier onto and the that, table. And that's something you see over and over again in the highlights of this feud. Yeah. That specific moment. Yeah. It, because it's a, it, oh, it's a gr- it's a it's a great shot. It's a great elbow. It's like a it's it's a it's a very believable high flying move. Yeah. You know, it's it, not. It, it's, it's an Austin fine. Yeah. yeah. And and the table buckles perfectly underneath them Mm. like everything about it looks great yeah no absolutely um as you said kind of a bullshit ending really (laughs) where it's like yeah match over Um, yeah i mean this wasn't overall i i didn't think this was a great raw i think um i think they've uh they've got wrestlemania in their sights and there's a lot of stall the ball for another week yeah going on uh, like next so next week's the go home show yeah. i assume that'll have a lot of stuff on it um but like i say still if i was so, in 1989 and watching this i'd be delighted <laughs> so i i do have an update for you uh, oh. next week's raw is the first episode that uh, uh paul white was referred to the big show first episode of raw so the official on heat? Oh, they okay. Yeah. No, no, he they call him the Big Show on this one as well. No, oh, right, well, this is wrong then because it says March twenty second. Maybe, maybe it's he comes out and like his name on the thing is maybe the Big maybe. Show, but but they definitely in this episode mm. refer to the Big Show multiple times. Okay, very interesting. Um, yeah. Well, look, next week is the go home show. Um, I think. Not, not, not for us it's not no not for us it's not because next week we're going to be talking about AEW revolution 
But we, we, we might do an episode of Heat um, just, just to keep it ticking over. But Revolution uh, yeah. is going to be fun. Uh, so join us next week. Where I mean, man, I don't know what's going to happen during the week. We'll see. Although if you do get some <laughs> Patreon sign-ups, we'll absolutely do it. If not, Who knows? you're going to have to wait. You're going to tease it a little bit. Um, <laughs> Telling you, like me me and Dara, we have no morals. We'll do anything for those X-Pac Euros. <laughs> But yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about AEW Revolution. Um, so it's, it's Sunday, is it? Or is it Saturday? Uh, Sunday, unfortunately. Heartbreaking. 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 <laughs> Maybe got it. Oh, man. I really wish it was on Saturday. That'd be a lot more fun. Uh, but... so well, it would at least mean that I'm going to be a capable, cogent employee on Monday, which That's is fair. not going to be the case. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so we're going to, uh, after next week, we'll go back into our timeline. But again, we're, we do encourage every listener to go to our Patreon. Uh, the, the, literally, the best way to find it is go to nerdtownmedia.com. It's going to give you a nice little, uh, everything is there. It'll give you a nice little list. The wrestlingrewind.com is the same. Or you can go to Patreon search for Nerdtown Media. And there's like icons. It's very, very easy again. Um, sign up to the Patreon. Uh, we're going to have the one euro pay, uh, Xbox euros. <laughs> Xbox euro. <laughs> and so that's the cheapest one you can get and then there's other ones there as well so uh yeah we encourage you all to go there and that helps out the show a great deal martin is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here make some noise make some noise (laughs) (laughs) i still can't believe that you've telling you everyone out there who didn't realize that one euro into the patreon at least you can do folks you're you're now you now have life-changing information Exactly. It's the least and indeed the most you can do. <laughs> well, no, the most. Give us like 100 quid. Like, that'd be nice. Ah, that's 100 Xbox euros. That's a lot of Xbox euros. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, folks, again, um, if this is your first time checking us out, thank you so much. Go over, uh, subscribe. You can either get everything uh, off the True Page channel, go to nerdomedia.com. Links to Spotify, all that stuff. We are there. And of course, the, the PC, or PG uh friendly or either one friendly version of the show is over on uh, phoenix 92.5 fm every single week and then we get an extra bonus thing where we can swear and read the signs out (laughs) so uh yeah we'll see you after uh see you after revolution so see you later guys Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.